0: Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. We're still here.
1: And please. Thank, thank, thank. you, people. Take your pussy hats off and sit down. My God, there must be a million and a half people here. I tell you.
0: Well, it's uh.
1: It's day seven in the war on facts. What the fuck is going on? I turned on my iPhone today to check the news and Suri said, are you sitting down? (laughs) But hey, you know what? We're still here. (laughs) It was a big women's march on Saturday. Huge, you talk about huge. The largest gathering of women uh, since the last time they collected the Bill Cosby victims together. (laughs) Very impressive. Millions of women on all the continents, hugging, crying, and moaning. It was like the whole world turned into an Adele concert. It was awesome. (laughs) Because there's something happening, and you can feel it. Finally, we have our own tea party. except with more teeth and (laughs) no spelling errors on the posters. (laughs) Now, of course, when President Trump heard right outside the White House window the women who were marching past him in greater numbers than his own inauguration, he took it well. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. He got a bullhorn and started pointing out their body flaws. Hey, Chubby, you could lose a few! (laughs) You're a fool, I'm not interested. <laughs> and that's the president of the United States. And then we got down to the actual business of running a government, which Donald Trump apparently knows nothing about. He spent all week signing executive orders in these super classy leather binders that look like the menu at Beefsteak Charlie's. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'll throw out the Mexicans and uh, bring back torture. And the lady will have the fillet. <laughs> he keeps holding them up Even after he signs them. Like, look, look, <laughs> look, mommy. I <laughs> I finished my coloring. Maybe we could put it on the refrigerator. The problem is that, you know, executive orders are a real thing. When Obama did them, he had the lawyers go over it. People knew what was happening in the departments. No one knows these things are going to work. No one knows where's the money coming from. They're just signed tweets. <laughs> you know, we're going to build a wall. Done. No more Obamacare. Done. I want a pony. Done. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, because he's a doer. Everybody else is all talk. So his first week was like, oh my God! It was like the last half hour of Goodfellas. <laughs> you know, when Ray Liotta is just coked out of his mind and doing ten things at once. He's dropping off a trunk full of handguns, and he's making spaghetti sauce, and <laughs> helicopters are chasing him. It can't, <laughs> it can't really go on like this for four years, can it? I mean. I'm going to lose my mind. I was watching CNN this morning, and I thought for the first time in my life, hey, maybe I should ask my doctor if Abilify is right for me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was, in just one week, a lot to be very alarmed about. But, uh, you know, i got to put it on the top of my list, the fact that the president of the United States sees multitudes that do not exist. (laughs) Twice he did that in one week. First, he insisted the crowd size at the inauguration was the biggest ever and that aerial photography is just a theory. (laughs) But we saw this. We saw these pictures, half them all covered in whiteness. But enough about his supporters. can't stand it that when it comes to the size of the crowd, Obama's was bigger. <laughs> this, this is about cock, right? This is about dick. This is about a guy who never brought a woman to orgasm. That's what this is about. <laughs> he probably doesn't even think it really exists in a woman. It's rigged. The vagina's very rigged. And then we're told, you know, that there are such things as alternative facts. That's what this week will be known for. Alternative facts, and Sean Spicer, his press secretary, about the crowd size, he just went, this is what the president believes. You're on your own. I think the difference between Scientology and Donald Trump is Scientology has better celebrities. I do. That's, that's, yeah, Sean, <laughs> here, here's how Sean Spicer explained alternative facts. He said it's like the weather report. One weather report comes out and says it's going to be cloudy. Another says there's going to be light rain. No one lied to you. Yeah, you know, sometimes weathermen do disagree on what the weather's going to be like tomorrow, but not on what it was like yesterday! (laughs) And, (laughs) And, you know, then, as if seeing a million people on the mall that weren't there wasn't enough... Donald Trump later in the week says that there were three to five million illegal aliens who voted for Hillary Clinton. When they've studied this, there's, like, four. (laughs) Five million? How do we know this? A German golf pro (laughs) told a guy who told a guy who told a guy, and Donald Trump heard it, that the German guy was trying to vote in Florida and couldn't, possibly because he's a German citizen. (laughs) But he saw Hispanic-looking people trying to vote. Oh, my God, they must have been illegal. How else to explain a Hispanic in Florida? <laughs> so, we are, uh, We're off to a great start with the Hispanics. The president of Mexico was scheduled to visit here next week, but Trump tweeted, well, if Mexico isn't going to pay for the wall, he might as well just cancel his trip, and the Mexican president said, Okay. <laughs> Well, you know what? Trump said he would keep the Mexicans out. There's one. <laughs> All right, we got a great show. Eva Longoria, Grover Norquist, and Tim Ryan are here. And a little later, I'll be speaking with the Daily Beast, John Avalon. But first up, he is the president of the Council on Foreign Relations and author of A World in Disarray, American Foreign Policy and the Crisis of the Old Order. Our friend Richard Haas is over here. Richard you, sir. Always great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Richard Haas, you are the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, and you still do our show. God bless you. Uh, So you briefed in that capacity, uh, President Trump. How long ago was that? About a year and a half. Uh, Uh, We met for about an hour. And tell me something reassuring. (laughs) Uh, My impact was modest. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, how did you find him? That's a long meeting. I mean, he must have had things to say and thoughts in his head.
2: Actually, it was a pretty good give and take. Uh, We spoke for about an hour. Uh, Did Russia come up? Very little. It was actually much more about immigration, uh, terrorism, North Korea, China. That's before Putin had the piss tape. Okay.
1: (laughs) So, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we showed the- Took you a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we showed the timeline last week, you know, 1946 to 2015 Donald Trump never mentions Russia doesn't give a shit about it Suddenly it's all about Russia. Somebody's got a tape. Okay, so <laughs> This thing with Mexico that happened this week. I thought was a horrible omen because it to me. It's Donald Trump's worst inclinations, which is my way or the highway and if you don't agree, right away, I take my marbles and go home. For, a, I mean, I don't remember this ever happening before, where there was a scheduled visit, the guy didn't do exactly what you wanted at the beginning of the negotiations, so everything gets called off.
2: We can't run the world like this, can we? No. And it- it doesn't make sense from Donald Trump's own standpoint. NAFTA, the trade agreement, have made Mexico better off. If what you're really worried about is immigration coming from Mexico, you should want them to do well economically. Over the last few years, more Americans and more Mexicans rather sure. have left than have come in. Right. So this is this is working. So why do you want to change it? Plus, if you really do want to renegotiate, Bill, this is not exactly a way to get the Mexicans to show more flexibility. He wouldn't come here. Why do we think he's going to compromise? And also, uh,
1: Donald Trump has a 3% approval rating in Mexico. (laughs) And they know who he is, you know, unlike some presidents when they first take office. They don't like Donald Trump. My question to you, and you would know this, is do we have enough leverage? I mean, I feel like he thinks it's 1945 and we can tell everybody in the world to do exactly what we want and they will. And I think if he tries to pull this kind of stuff, Mexico will become hostile. Every country will become hostile.
2: And I don't think we have that kind of pull anymore. We don't. One of the reasons I wrote this book about a world in disarray is that's exactly right. What you've seen is a real spread of capacity. Uh, North Korea now has real capabilities. China obviously does. Russia does. We can't just insist on things. Plus, it's globalization now. We can't just make things work ourselves. We may do the right thing but unless others also do the right thing, whether it's dealing with terrorism or cyber, you name it, alone, we don't have a lot of options. But we also learned this the hard way. We learned it in Iraq. We learned it in Vietnam. We may be stronger than anyone on paper, but bringing that to bear in practice is something very different. Right,
1: and if we make the world... (laughs) If we make the world live without us, they might find they like it better.
2: Actually... Actually, can I, I actually argue the opposite. I think the world without us, it's not that anyone else replaces us. It's not that it works itself out. It actually begins to get really bad. The, I actually think a world left to its own devices will not sort itself out. That's probably right. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're seeing it in the Middle East. In some ways, the Middle East has much less of us. They didn't do so well when they had a lot of us, but they're also not doing so well when they have very little of us. Right. Um,
1: do you think conservatives, sane conservatives, will start to line up against President Trump, because I feel like this is the only hope we have in this world. I mean, we, we obviously know the Democrats are on mm-hmm. one side of it. And it's very painful for any Republican to ever be seen siding with a Democrat. But there, George Will has. Sure. Uh, Lindsey Graham. There are some, so far we've seen some profiles in Courage about people who say, yeah, this is beyond partisanship. Somebody like Henry Kissinger, who I'm sure you're familiar sure. with. He saw Nixon go mad. I mean, when he sees a guy who sees multitudes... That aren't there. Is somebody like that
2: going to come out? Oh, absolutely! It's going to. It's going to happen. You're already seeing Republican unhappiness over trade, the killing of the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal, unhappiness with Mexico. You could see it in the next few days if Trump moves, President Trump moves unilaterally to lift sanctions against Russia over Ukraine, I think Senator McCain, Senator Graham, and others, Marco Rubio, will all push back. And if he starts lifting sanctions himself, Congress could then introduce sanctions. So I, I actually you think... think
1: that's going to happen? He's going to lift sanctions? Well,
2: I certainly hope he doesn't lift them unilaterally or unconditionally. I think it's one thing to go to Putin and say, if you stop doing X, Y, and Z, we'll give you some sanctions relief. But simply to do it as a kind of down payment in the hopes that Putin exercises self-restraint, there's no evidence that'll work. What do
1: you make of these reports that our own CIA doesn't trust the president with secrets because they think he might pass them on
2: to Putin? I saw those reports. Uh, look, he, president doesn't need to know any president that kind of granular detail about this or that agent. He just needs to know the information and how confident uh, we, we so are. What? Is that
1: true? A... <laughs> I mean, that that your answer would seem to be well. I'm not going to tell him.
2: I wouldn't, tell, about I wouldn't tell any president certain <laughs> levels.
1: Well, I, I don't think we'll give him the broad strokes, but uh, <laughs> I mean that—that's kind of frightening when you can't trust your own president. Well, to I don't
2: keep think the it, well, and the CIA works on a strict need-to-know basis. No president oh, needs know. For fuck's fuck sake, uh, <laughs> you don't need you to know. You are not. That. I was hoping you'd come
1: here and make me feel <laughs> reassured. Oh no. no.
2: <laughs> need to know, but the president isn't in that loop. <laughs> that level of detail about whether a certain person is an Asian—he doesn't oh, need to know Christ. that. He just needs okay. to know how good the information is. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs>
1: All right, so, uh, final thing. He he said that he would uh, start out trusting Angela Merkel, a key ally, the same as he would Putin. Isn't this a horrible false equivalency to put out there for the world? Does the world even know what side we are on anymore?
2: Yeah, this is like uh, a game in the old days in the Cold War. We used to wake up and we knew who we were playing with, what team everybody yeah. was on. Don't feel that so much anymore. So allies in Europe, like the Germans, allies in Asia are not so sure anymore. This is, Donald Trump is a disruptor. He is a disruptor. <laughs> yeah. He is coming. Yeah. Well,
1: I know, but that's, they say that like it's a good thing.
2: It's, well... <laughs> It's a good thing if you're Vladimir Putin, because there you want right. to change the world. Right. Donald Trump has inherited a world which, by and large, has been pretty stable. We've done pretty well as a country economically. So this is a world, in many cases, we want to restore. Obviously, has to change, but you want to shore this up. I don't understand why you'd want to come in and turn it upside down. We've done pretty well over the last 75 years. <laughs>
1: Richard Haas, I hope we're all here for your yearly visit next year. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Richard Haas, President of the Council on Foreign Relations, and now let's meet our panel.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Nelly! You have to, like, Hacking. run and jump yeah, on. Yeah, exactly.
0: I got to...
1: Huh, this this new set is going to kill somebody. All right. Finally, he's a seven-term U.S. representative from Ohio and author of The, the Real Food Revolution. It's very slippery. <laughs> Healthy eating green groceries and the return of the American family farm, Congressman Tim Ryan. Hey, uh, thank you. Right. Thank,
0: thanks thank for you. being here. Nice uh,
1: for me. Uh, she, have, she is an activist, producer, director, and actress whose next film is Low Riders. Eva Longoria is back oh. He's the founder and president of the political advocacy group Americans for Tax Reform. I've been doing this with Grover for over 20 years. Grover Norquist is here. Don't forget to send us your questions for tonight's Overtime. You can answer them after the show on YouTube. Okay, so now you're probably going to say I'm uh, paranoid, but I want to bring this up because I think Donald Trump puts out a thousand things you could talk about in a week, and we have to focus. (laughs) Before the election, I was saying there's a slow-moving coup happening and fascism could come to America. This week, the president talked about sending troops to Chicago. He said, I'm going to send the feds in. And By the way, Chicago, only the 18th worst murder rate of cities in America. The idea of Donald Trump sending, you know, the private army into an American city, not a precedent I really want to see. Talked about uh, starting up black sites for torture overseas. His chief strategist said the media should keep their mouths shut And just listen. He (laughs) muzzled agencies. Mm -hmm. EPA can't tweet or talk anymore. In combination with uh, this concept of alternative facts. So you can't get out the real facts, EPA. So the only facts we hear are the alternative facts. I'm just saying it's easy to get distracted. I'd like to keep their eye on the big picture of all these things, which to me look like a strongman fascist country. Coming into view. (laughs) One you're in favor of. (laughs) Uh, Okay, my next question, since you didn't answer that one. uh, Can a government really function
4: on alternative facts? No. Great. Okay, next question.
5: (laughs) Moving on.
4: Well, here's, here's the issue with the alternative facts in the tweeting of whatever is on his mind at that moment is that it starts out with a tweet like, oh, there were three to five million people who voted illegally. That just started as a tweet. But now you're president of the United States. That tweet now turns into an investigation. Mike Pence is now out the next day saying, we need to keep going to find these right. people. Right. The courtiers have to pretend right. the king
1: is sane. Right. It's like when there's a crazy king. No, you know what happened? Like, in the Middle Ages, there would be a, uh, you know, in a... In a in a monarchy, when the king dies and the and the next one in line is six, now a six-year-old is in charge of the country. So when he says he believes in the Easter Bunny, everybody starts looking yeah. for eggs.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. that's
1: yeah. where America yeah, yeah. is.
5: But I think uh, Trump is trying to make the press and the media the opposition party, and he's doing a good job because nobody. Uh, the media has a lower approval rating than Trump, and so the fact no, only among Republicans. Right, right. That's That's, a, that's a, an alternative that's, fact. I'm that's sorry. That's a little.
1: <laughs> right. That's the little three-card no, Monte game she plays.
5: Yeah, the fact yeah, that sh- that he thinks the press should be compliant and a, and at the service of the presidency is not in the tradition of American press, and it's not in the spirit of the First Amendment, which guarantees press be protected from.
0: <laughs> government censorship. You
5: get And so I think what we do need, we do need somebody, we do need the press to be the truth-sayers right now. They cannot be reporting alternative facts.
1: Okay, can I quote Lamar Smith?
3: Uh
1: Do you know Lamar Smith, Grover? Mm -hmm. He's uh, chairman of something that he shouldn't be, right? Science (laughs) committee or something?
3: I'm not sure what he's chairman
1: of. Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Anyway, he's a moron from Texas and...
5: Oh, my state.
1: He said, Better to get your news directly from the president. In fact, it might be the only way to get the unvarnished truth. But the unvarnished truth, I mean, this is the... I see multitudes guy. He said unemployment might be 42% at one point. You're right, it's all anecdotal. It's whatever he was just watching on Fox or Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Doesn't this scare the shit out of you? Alex Jones believes in lizard people. (laughs) Really? I mean, Donald Trump quotes the Inquirer. You must be scared by this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's any hope in this country, I'm gonna say it every show, it's sane Republicans saying this yeah. is not normal. You are a sane
3: Republican. Yeah. He tends to <laughs> want to make the case. He says, All right. Oh he God. wants to go you're, this way. You already You can yeah, overstate. Uh, yeah. you can uh, overstate. We're, we're fucked already. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait a minute. You, you started by suggesting he was a fascist. Sometimes people overstate, whether you're doing it for comic effect or trying to try not doing make it a point. For comic effect. And it doesn't, well, it doesn't help to overstate, and it doesn't help when he does it either. And he ought not. And if you want to say that I think there were many people at my inauguration, say many. Don't, give a number or a comparison that may not hold up.
1: When the FBI is in Mm -hmm. the tank, as they were, for one candidate, and they become politicized, and they're actually working with Russia to get them elected, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's fascism. Okay. (laughs) But besides that... (laughs) Let's get back to, you know, this idea that Sean Spicer says that's what the president believes. Don't there have to be Republicans Mm -hmm. like Lindsey Graham and I, as I mentioned, George will, people who will stand up and say, this is beyond partisanship. We just can't have a country ruled by what the
4: president believes, whatever shit.
5: Yeah. Well, they also call Because him. he's
4: proved that he believes things that are crazy. But he, part of the problem is, Democrats don't go where Republicans are. That's been our problem. We don't go to rural America if we think. We don't go on Fox News. We don't go on CNBC. We don't go on Hugh Hewitt or Laura Ingram. We're afraid to go out and get our own message out there. I give Grover a lot of credit for coming on this show. Yeah. Because he, you know. But the, the, the bottom line is, the bottom line is, if we don't go where these people are, the, the
3: alternative facts are the only facts they're ever going to hear. Right. That's right.
5: The bubble. Um, but, but,
3: I'm okay. You had guys on the right reacting to Obama as strongly as you're reacting to Trump, and they would point out that Obama said repeatedly in the campaign, not once in a tweet, but again and again and again in speeches, he was never going to raise taxes on anyone who earned less than $250,000 a year. That lasted 16 days uh, before he did. And then during Obamacare, there's a series of tax increases. Those were not true. But that's within the normal
1: parameters of what politicians do.
2: But that Saying was Saying you said three
3: million people that don't exist is not. Okay. That was not a lie told to achieve power. The other was a lie told to achieve power. Right. We were all promised. George Bush said, read my lips, no
1: new taxes, and, and then raised them. They all yeah. do it. <laughs> well, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Because the people can't accept the truth we- and the government needs money. Mm-hmm. Let's no, get that's, fascism. Get that's that. fascism. Let's get to th- that. That's fascist. Let's
3: get to That people can't deal with the truth and the government's gonna steal their money? I, volu- I, I suggest well, that tax taxes.
1: their money. You know, let's talk about the taxes, Grover, because blue yes, we'll economics about taxes. is back. Because Obamacare, uh, Obamacare, yes, the Obamacare repeal, giant tax cut for the rich, uh, free trade. I thought Republicans used to be for free trade. Um, the proposed Republican budget increases the federal debt by over nine trillion dollars in ten years. Uh... Obama, uh, Trump said today, we are going to be cutting taxes massively. Tax Policy Center says Trump tax plans will add $7.2 trillion. This is voodoo economics. Massive increase for the military, giant tax cut, and infrastructure spending. Okay. We, and we've well, been... Go let, ahead, Grover. Let, let, let's get into your set <laughs> of alternative happened to reality. When Obama is, was president, we got no money. Can't do anything. We're broke
3: oh, now we found it in another drawer. No. You said, that, you said that weathermen don't disagree about the past. But you just criticized the Reagan administration, which, when he cut taxes and deregulated and had some modest spending restraint, we grew at 4% a year. And tripled the debt. Two things. No, we went at four percent a year. One moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm focused, I'm focused on economic growth and job creation. Created four million <laughs> jobs, four million jobs the first year in one month, October, he created more jobs than Obama did in his entire first year of his recovery. Oh. It was and a that, much... Okay. No, Grover, alternative facts. Grover, Grover, that's a fact. That's alternative. Facts. Those
1: are that, other facts that are that, not answering the question. Here's You're the, running that, up a giant debt. Of course you can do shit and, if yes. you just put it on the car. And yeah. then there was, was too much... Which is always okay, yeah. okay when, when, it's a Republic,
4: when a Republican look, spends money, that's okay. And what happened, Reagan in 84, 85, 86, he went back, they raised Gas taxes. When right. George w, yeah. uh, H. W. Bush raised taxes in 1990, he said he wouldn't. He had to. He had to because of the deficits that we had. Right. It was. It, it was an important economic thing for him to have to do. If you look at supply side economics, George Bush and I was there. George Bush cut taxes uh, twice. They blew a big hole in the deficit. Started two wars. Didn't pay for a thing. Did the Part D bill for Medicare. Didn't pay for that. Blew a hole. Uh, in the deficit, big time, till the uh, collapse of 2008. That is supply side economics. We don't have to wonder what the hell will happen. We know what happened. Okay. And then, and then, yeah, one, last, one last point: the Iraq war. Well, the Iraq war.
3: Supply side economics.
4: Two wars that we didn't pay for a damn thing. We borrowed the whole thing, Grover. So you should yes, be very concerned with that. For, and, here's, and here's the just problem with starting
3: the war, not how you paid for it. The problem but, is but, the war started you, on a lie. You, you want to talk about Trump, alternative facts? Trump budget numbers yeah.
1: add up. Yeah. He's,
3: how, he's picking on Hillary Clinton how,
1: now. How can we? Excuse hmm? me. I yeah. thought your party and you, especially, were for let's get that debt down. Okay. How can we have Trump started so today? Massive, massive tax cuts, massive tax cuts, big military build-up, and giant infrastructure spending. How can we
3: have this add up? And I thought adding up was your thing. Two things. (laughs) No, there's one, the the bulk of government federal spending are the entitlement programs. And you're not going to be able to. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. That's alternative facts. I mean, it is the bulk of government spending. Yes. And if you're going to try and rein in spending as a percentage of the economy, you have to reform those. And one of the things that Ryan, Paul Ryan, you keep acting like. or discussing Trump as if he was a king. He's not, he's the president. He gets to, no. You tell him that. He gets <laughs> no. As he signs his decrees. When, a, okay. Okay. A, a bad habit he picked up from a previous president. But what you have to do, the signing of decrees, the, <laughs> the, the, pen, and, the pen and phone thing, um, <laughs> he didn't make that up himself. But what he, he can't spend any money that congress doesn't appropriate you yeah. can't have any tax cuts or increases that congress doesn't do uh, and so they're working they will be working together what our, paul ryan the, the speaker of the house has said is he's looking to block rent medicaid just as bill clinton did with aid to families with dependent children and send out to the 50 states
1: i see right money so I, that people can gonna... decide
3: how to do it i think okay. i'd rather have 50 p- states working on it than one government doing the same thing that hasn't worked as well.
1: Okay, it's time for Trump's craziest cabinet pick. We noticed uh, last week that there are 16 cabinet officers up for the job, and that seemed like it was too tempting to make a bracket out of it, so it is time for Trump's craziest cabinet pick, ladies and gentlemen. All right, last week was the Swamp 16. Now we're down to the hateful eight in this week's matchup... Ill prepared meets ill equipped. Oh my God. As Energy Secretary Rick Perry goes head to empty head against Education <laughs> Secretary nominee Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos, who never attended a public school, has never put her own children in a public school, and does not support public education. So tapping her as Education Secretary is kind of like making Ellen the Secretary of Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy DeVos. Clearly she's the worst person to be around school books since Lee Harvey Oswald, so... Oh, my. (laughs) No surprise, her confirmation hearing didn't go all that well, especially when she said that guns may be necessary in some schools to protect kids from grizzly bears. (laughs) An argument I've only heard once before made by a guy on mushrooms, and that guy was me. (laughs) Here's Betsy and her family And by the protective way they're holding their hands I'm guessing they're about to meet Trump Anyway uh. You, uh, you might think Dim Betsy had this thing sewn up But not when you're going up against Rick Perry You all know Rick Here he is only months ago on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Now that guy is in charge of the nukes. (laughs) A fact he himself did not know when he accepted the position. As head of a department, he previously had called for eliminating or would have if he remembered it. Really, he thought the Secretary of Energy was kind of a goodwill ambassador for the oil industry. In fact, his first question when he met energy officials was, how do you fit it into those little five-hour bottles? (laughs) Obama gave this job to a Nobel Prize-winning physicist and then a chair of the MIT Physics Department. Rick, on the other hand, has a B.A. in animal husbandry. (laughs) He may not know what a centrifuge is, but he can jerk off a horse. (laughs) Okay. Let's uh, bring out John. He's editor-in-chief of The Daily Beast and author of Washington's Farewell, The Founding Fathers' Warning to Future Generations, John Avalon. John. How are you, sir? Be yeah, careful. It's a dangerous touch. Okay, so, John, let's talk about your book, George Washington, one of my heroes, too. And uh, I know one of his biggest concerns was foreign influence. Yeah. So, um, I guess my question is, if they found a smoking gun about Russia, now that alternative facts guide the land, (laughs) would it even make a difference? Or would his followers just go, I don't see a smoking gun, I see a bowl of soup?
6: (laughs) You know, as, as Senator Moynihan warned us, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but not their own facts but they and, changed that. Well, they went, but we no, need to keep we pushing absolutely back on that.
1: entitled to our own facts. But
6: but that's where we have to call bullshit and say no you're not. Right. There is a reality, there's an objective reality. <laughs> lies are lies and we are not going to put up with that as citizens of this country and especially as journalists. That's our job.
1: What do you think they, the Republicans would be making of it if it was the opposite? If Hillary Clinton had all this involvement with russia and they hacked the the rnc emails right. really hillary got there no, can, because can you of imagine russia? right
6: if, if a democratic president it's, was found to have russia secretly working to elect it's him? yeah
1: no i mean obviously they look, were gonna put her in jail for
6: the emails we, this look we we are so deep into oh. somewhere between situational ethics and willful stupidity um <laughs> that you know that's a, that's a given but but what's crazy about the situation we're in is you know that Washington did warn us about a lot of this stuff. This is received wisdom. You know, when Washington wrote his farewell address, he was writing it as a warning to future generations about the forces he felt could destroy our democratic republic. Right. Hyperpartisanship right. and foreign wars and influence. Yeah. And and these are ripped from the headline things. I'll say to Grover too, also excessive debt make you feel better on the on the conservative side of the aisle. But hyperpartisanship, you know, these political factions who hijack our democracy and make it so dysfunctional, Washington warned, that eventually people get so frustrated that they open the door to a demagogue with authoritarian ambitions. Right. This is one of the ways and, that democracy and dies. And as
1: a historical scholar, you must really appreciate the irony of the fact that the electoral college was what was supposed to stop a mentally ill person. <laughs> from becoming president, right? This was their genius, it, it that was, it, the electors have the final say. And somehow it got to be the exact opposite, that over time we forgot what it was for and it became a rubber stamp. So these electors who went there in December and put Donald Trump there and said, well, I've got to do my duty. No, actually, your duty was the exact opposite. Yeah. Your duty as an elector was to stop this.
6: No, I, look, I, I think we have gotten civically lazy. I mean, Electoral College was one of many checks and balances they imagined. It's worth remembering, by the way, the Constitution didn't mention political parties. It mentioned journalists, but not political parties. But the the problem is, I think we've taken democracy for granted a bit, right? We've taken the discipline of self-government, that, you know, liberty, as the founders used it, is different from freedom. Freedom can be a state of nature. Liberty requires a degree of self-discipline. That requires taking responsibility and thinking generationally, and we've stopped doing that. And look, we are in uncharted waters here. This is going to be a stress test for the American system. We'll get through it, but it's going to be tough. And we're going to have to remain vigilant. As
1: citizens, as journalists, there's no substitute for that. Well, as a journalist, what do you think of... <laughs> what do you think of Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon is Donald Trump's main sure. advisor. He was the head of... The populist from Beverly Hills, right? Breitbart, is that... Was that is yeah. he from Beverly Hills? Yeah, well, well via Goldman Sachs
6: and, and Breitbart.
1: Right. Uh, he said the media should be embarrassed and humiliated and keep its mouth shut mm-hmm. and just listen for a while. I want you to quote this. He said that. Mm-hmm. The media here is the opposition party. They don't understand this country. Yeah. Then as uh, the Delhi Beast dude, you must be a little chilled by that.
6: I'm outraged by it. I'm outraged by it. Look, they're not at war with the media. They're at war with the truth. And, and, and you know, with the Constitution doesn't mention parties. It mentions journalists. It mentions freedom of speech. And they may have the White House for a while, but we've got truth and facts on our side and the Constitution. And I'd remind them, I'd remind them that a majority of Americans voted for somebody else. So this misreading of a non-existent mandate, they have an obligation to reach out. If they don't do that, then we're going to have deep trouble. But ultimately, truth wins that war.
1: Truth always wins that war eventually. Now, I heard you just say we as if you're a Democrat. No, I'm an independent. I know. I know know you were very always adamant about I'm an independent. Yeah, I am. But he just made you say we. No, we, no. He did. I heard it. You were like, we have the truth on our side. That's actually
6: the the problem. One of the things demagogues do throughout history, here's the telltale sign, us against them. They always do us against them. And this administration keeps doing us against them. But here's the thing, the real pushback is to refuse that. When I said we, I meant journalists. I meant
1: citizens. I meant Americans. Right. And I'm gonna say it again. The the, the country is in the hands of sane Republicans. They're the only ones who can save it, especially, by the way, Fox News. Because (laughs) the only way information gets in to that part of the country that are Trump supporters and a little bit to the end is through Fox News because they don't hear anything else. It is a lot like Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. You know, they don't go on the internet. I saw this in the Leah Remedy thing. I hope we're trying to get her on the show. I thought it was great. She's exposing Scientology. The reason why Scientologists don't revolt is because they're too afraid to go on the internet and see what bad things are being said. So most Trump supporters I saw today They believe his inauguration was the biggest crowd ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rupert Murdoch, our life is in your hands. (laughs) Um, Partisan news is a big problem. What do you think about the fact that uh, he wants an investigation into voter fraud? Uh, Not into Russia. But voter fraud, which we have proved over and over and over again, really doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. In-person voter fraud, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I, mean... I think.
5: I think also, you know, he he wants to do this whole investigation into voter fraud, which doesn't exist. But the the thing about voter fraud is voter. Op- we should be talking about voter oppression, right? And so, <laughs> once the Voting Rights Act was gutted, uh, it, it cut uh, uh, early registration. It cut it cut same day registration. It, it implemented new requirements for IDs. Um, and so, all, once all of that happens, it, it's. It doesn't stop voter fraud. It stops voting. Right. And so...
4: And in in Ohio... In Ohio, exactly. In Ohio, they purged two million people off the list in Ohio. We got rid of... Two million? Two million people. Got rid of Golden Week, which is a week you can come and register to vote and then vote at the exact same Mm -hmm. time. Like, the greatest thing ever to happen in democracy was Golden Week. Mm -hmm. They got rid of that. And the most obnoxious thing is, in Ohio, you have one voter location for early voting per county, mm-hmm. so Cuyahoga County, Cleveland has one early voting location. Franklin County and Columbus, one early voting location, even in Youngstown. Yeah. There were long lines, hours and hours, people trying to get in because there was only one place to go vote. That is a form of voter suppression because people don't have hours to sit there and wait to go vote. They got, a, they got a job. They
3: got a life. You have the president, Trump, saying he thinks three or five million people voted Illegal. Ill- illegally, okay? Mm-hmm. And we just heard three people here say there's no illegal voting or, or, or uh, voting... Miniscule. False voting. Minuscule. Okay. In-person okay. voting. Oh. Actual voting that counts. Okay. What we do have, not from crazy people, but from Pew... Uh, the Pew Center on State Government. Four years ago, they did a study and said 2.8 million people are registered to vote in more than one state. Who cares? But that doesn't one mean One second. It doesn't matter. In That's including not Trump's dis- kids. Yeah, including one second. large yeah. number of Trump's <laughs> And 1.8 million people who are dead are registered to vote. Yeah, they're not voting either. Th- well, what we don't, what, what Prince said, and what I think you guys missed because you just walked into a big problem. You, they said many, you said none. He said, okay, we'll look into it. And now you're panicked because you can take state lists of voters and you can take lists of citizens and non-citizens, okay, cross-reference Grover. them. I... One second. And we will find out if it's big or little. I don't know. It's not zero. Okay. It's probably but, not but, six but, million. But, but, but I'm happy to find out. And I don't and anyone who episode... isn't happy to find out doesn't trust their numbers. So you keep telling the emperor he has clothes.
1: I see which side you're... Yeah, on. No, I mean, you're I on think, the side of... I, okay. it, what, you're okay. listening. I just said... I listen, I'm listening. Just because I don't, think, I because don't, I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm okay. not listening. You this said is I agree Steve with This said, said. They don't know America. Yeah. Okay. But, but
6: lying becomes a test of okay. loyalty. You got a problem. Okay. Steve, Sean you Spicer know, was embarrassed to have to say, he seemed to
1: be, that okay. the president... I want to read what Sean Spicer said in the press briefing because I think this is so important about what's going on in this country, and this is week one. We've got to get through four <laughs> years. This is their mentality. When he first... This is the first Saturday. This is right after the inauguration when the press said, no, the crowds weren't that big. Uh-huh. Sean Spicer. It's not about one tweet or one picture. It's about a constant theme. It's about sitting here every time and being told, we don't think he can do it. He'll never accomplish that. He can't win that. It won't be the biggest. It's not going to be that good. And that narrative is always negative, and it's very demoralizing. (laughs) So, look. (laughs) Did he really say that? That was word for word. Yes. And I just want to say... This, is, this mentality is not going to change. Donald Trump is not going to change. Nope. The only way you can ever get through to this guy is with flattery. We are going to have to use some of that. And there are some things I do actually like that he's doing. So I'm going to introduce a new segment tonight, and I hope his team just starts the video now that you show him, <laughs> called Let's Encourage the President. <laughs> Because there's some things I do, like like the F-35. He says that costs too much money. The F-35 does cost too much money. And he spoke truth to power. Bully for you, Mr. President, you did it. Yeah, wasn't that awesome? And uh, NATO, you know, he's right. NATO gets a free ride about they don't pay the other countries that we pay for all NATO. You know what? No one else brought that up. You know who brought that up? Donald Trump. And infrastructure spending. Absolutely, let's rebuild America. Obama didn't think of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know who it took to think of that? Donald Trump. So thank you, Donald Trump. I think these are terrific things. (laughs) Okay, now back to the show. That's exactly
6: what, you know, he he needs that kind of confirmation bias. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, he saw yeah. Mike, Michael Moore had a movie that was not positive yeah, and, and about He took and, out the because he just saw
4: that. He yeah, saw his name. He took out the
5: one little line. Right. Uh-huh. Donald Trump. He goes, Donald Trump's great. And then he was being sarcastic <laughs> the rest of the way. Right. And he just took out Donald Trump's great.
4: And the funny thing at the inauguration was the two people that kissed his ass the most, Chris Christie and Rudy Giuliani, are sitting on the dais watching every secretary go by, going, that could have been, been me. Right. That could have been me.
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, when, well, when, when, you,
6: know, you know it's only a matter of time. To, members of the cabinet are going to start doing what you do. They're going to try to find a way to get on TV to have their points parroted to get to the president directly. That's the way into his but, head. That's it. This is we're through the looking glass. Bro.
3: All right. Well, let me. But we just me, got done saying the two guys who most took this approach didn't make it, which kind of counter to your point. But you did mention several things that he's doing um, that you see as correct. Yeah, I think it could be yeah. I particularly like. Getting allowing permits to go through. I mean, we have had eight years where the president fought against pipelines being built rather than getting them built. That's a very important well, part of see, our infrastructure. These are things
1: I don't like. But your okay. major issue is... Okay. Oh, so
3: you don't like infrastructure?
1: Okay. Uh, well, not, pipe, not oil pipelines. We don't need to dig up more oil. Or well, we don't okay. need to build a wall. Well, but uh, Build a wall. And let me get to that, because... The, uh, that's, I, mean, I don't think that's infrastructure. Uh, this, this thing, that's I mean, the outer structure. Just, not that we didn't outer... know that this is government by brain fart, where he has a brain <laughs> fart and then the courtiers <laughs> act on it. But, you know, <laughs> it's one thing when you run to, to like be the guy at the end of the bar. And that's why he won, let's sure. be honest. Because for years, decades, the real Americans have been saying, if only the, a guy talked like me, a guy who just sat at the end of the bar and went, you know what, we should build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then a guy came along and actually got elected. But now yeah. we have to do this, mm-hmm. but it's not thought through. So when it comes to reality, he says we're gonna build the wall And then how are we going to pay for it? Mexico's going to pay for it. Oh, we're going to impose a 20% tax. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was not thought through. Because who would pay that tax? It would be us. American consumers. Right, American consumers. Because they would raise prices.
5: Yes, but also who? If he was voted in because he said, I'm gonna build a wall, Mexico's gonna pay for it. If he went on the stump and said, I'm gonna build a wall and Americans are gonna pay for it, he not, would not have got elected. Of course not. But that's
1: what's going on is yeah. we would if they impose this
3: tax of twenty percent, it's it's insane. But, but this is progress if we all understand progress. tariffs. <laughs> no progress that you understand what, that what? tariffs are that taxes are tariffs and tariffs so are taxes. So is a teachable moment. It is a teachable Got moment. It. This, <laughs> tariffs, tariffs are not paid by foreigners. Uh, tariffs, American tariffs, are paid by Americans. Mm-hmm. Foreigners have their own stupid tariffs that they pay. But we pay American tariffs. It raises the price of everything that we we're import. I mean, it used to be the way we funded the whole country, and mm-hmm. there was a great deal of unhappiness about it. Yeah, but not only, not only
5: uh, products are going to be more expensive, it's, if we have a trade war with Mexico, it's going to cost 6 million American jobs that are affected by sure. trade with Mexico. Yeah. The, see the, the president's...
3: Trump is right when he says wars are expensive and he wants to avoid mm-hmm. wars. He should just add, trade wars are also expensive mm-hmm. and we should avoid well, them. Well, you tell him that. Yeah. All right.
1: Thank you, panel. You are very enlightening. It's time for New Rules, everybody. All right, New Rules, someone has to tell Trump's press secretary, Sean Spicer, who on Wednesday tweeted this... True, and then on Thursday tweeted this. Oh my God. There's got to be a better way to pass secrets to Russia.
5: It's letters and numbers. Oh. It's, it's gibberish.
1: Neuro, the interracial couple that gave birth to twins, one white and one black, must admit they toyed with the idea of naming them Michael and Jackson. <laughs> I'm kidding, congratulations. And good luck not rolling your eyes when your liberal friends pretend they still can't tell them apart. (laughs) New rule. New rule, wait for your wife. (laughs) When they say behind every great man is a woman, they don't mean 20 feet behind. New rule now that American Airlines has added a new class below economy, basic economy, that doesn't allow carry ons or choosing your seat or anything, and <laughs> they have to add a class below basic economy called fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> No food, no drinks, no entertainment, the restroom is a bucket in the corner, (laughs) and in case of an emergency, instead of an oxygen mask, a little sign drops down that says, fuck you. (laughs) Neural, stop saying I have to see La La Land. I'm skipping a movie, not denying the Holocaust. If I want to see a musical about an art snob who comes to L.A. and meets the girl who inspires him to open a nightclub, I'll rewatch Xanadu. <laughs> and finally, new rule, while the sting of defeat is still fresh and the horrors resulting from that defeat pile up, liberals must examine all the reasons why we keep losing elections. Starting with, Democrats have gone from the party that protects people to the party that protects feelings. From ask not what your country can do for you to you owe me an apology. (laughs) Republicans apologize for nothing. Democrats for everything. Can't we find a balance? You know, in 2016, conservatives won the White House, both houses of Congress, and almost two-thirds of governorships and state legislatures. Whereas liberals, on the other hand, caught Steve Martin calling Carrie Fisher beautiful in a tweet and made him take it down. (laughs) I'm not making that up. That really happened. Here's Steve's offensive tweet. When I was a young man, Carrie Fisher was the most beautiful creature I'd ever seen. She turned out to be witty and bright as well. (sighs) How could you, Steve? (laughs) We thought we knew you, but this? You noted her appearance first and then that she was witty and bright. You're a monster! (laughs) (laughs) Liberals do this all the time. They get offended for people who themselves would not be offended. You know that whole controversy about the name Washington Redskins? They did a survey. Nine out of ten actual Indians don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they? Their their ancestors learned firsthand that New England patriots...
0: <laughs>
1: but that doesn't stop celebrities from groveling when they get caught playing dress up on Halloween. Here's Hillary Duff last year. Ah! And then, of course, her tweet I'm so sorry to people I offended. It was not properly thought through, and I am truly, from the bottom of my heart, sorry. Ah! <sighs> Chris Hemsworth was even more beside himself with self loathing after he attended a Lone Ranger themed party dressed as an Indian. He wrote, I was stupidly unaware of the offense. I sincerely and unreservedly apologize to all First Nations people for this thoughtless action. I hope that in highlighting my own ignorance, I can help in some small way. Oh, for fuck's sake, you're Thor. Grow a pair. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't offend Indians any more than you offend gays when you wear a cape and hammer, guys. (laughs) It was a Lone Ranger-themed party. You could only be a cowboy, Indian, or a horse. (laughs) Just like if you live in Wyoming. Last year, Justin Timberlake tweeted that an African-American, Jesse Williams, inspired him and again had to apologize for the sin of giving someone a compliment. I apologize to anyone that felt that was out of turn. I have nothing but love for all of you and all of us. (laughs) Oh, good, good, because life knows no sin greater than the one he was accused of doing, which was cultural appropriation cultural appropriation. That's the idea that white people shouldn't adopt things from other ethnic groups. How dare you mix and match cultures to produce something new? Where do you think you are? Some kind of melting pot? (laughs) You know, the majority of Americans are actually with the Democrats on the issues Raising minimum wage, sensible gun laws, path to citizenship, abortion rights pro-environment, you name it. But we keep losing. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the one we can immediately fix is that too often Democrats remind people of a man who has taken his balls out and put them in his wife's purse. (laughs) (laughs) And please, someone tweet me right now and tell me how that was somehow inappropriate (laughs) so I can tell you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) At the Golden Globes this month, Michael Keaton mixed up the titles of two movies that had a black cast, Hidden Figures and Fences, and said, Hidden Fences, Because he's a Klansman. (laughs) Cue the outrage. Cue the retraction. I screwed up. It makes me feel so badly that people feel badly. (laughs) If someone feels badly, that's all that matters. No. That's not all that matters. In fact, things like this don't matter at all. What matters is that while you self-involved fools were policing the language at the Kids' Choice Awards, a madman talked his way into the White House. What matters is that while liberals were in a contest to see who could be the first to call out fat shaming, the Tea Party has been busy taking over school boards. Stop protecting your virgin ears and start noticing you're getting fucked in the ass. Okay. (laughs) That's our show. I'll be at the Smart Financial Center in Sugar Land, Texas, March 4th at Tucson Music Hall in Tucson, March 5th at The Sanger in New Orleans, March 18th. I want to thank my guests, Congressman Tim Ryan, Eva Longoria, Glover Norquist, John Avalon, and Richard Haas. Join us now for Overtime on YouTube, and thank you.
0: Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand.